What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast Live, sponsored by Roughneck Scars. I'm Mike. With me is Josh. Josh, happy Monday, man. Yeah, man. Happy Monday. No, uh, we got our scarf falls up. I know, Both man. This now. is this is awesome. I I was impressed. You clearly have far more scarves than I have, um, which I'm not surprised. But um, yeah, I was actually. This will be a good time to plug this. So uh, I was wondering. I know I got another scarf coming, and that's thanks to the uh, 2021 Steel Army membership package, which you said is going out when this weekend i'm getting them all shipped uh and then so it's like regular shipping so probably like two or three or i don't know how long shipping usually takes like three days um after that so it's like priority mail shipping as always so yeah should be coming out if you already signed up cool or not you can go to the steel army's website and they're all up there uh get on that list because i'll be shipping them out the first wave of them goes out this weekend i saw that there was a uh that somebody had posed a question in twitter could you pick them up at the stadium or are you just shipping them all because of COVID at this point? No, um, we can do pickup. I just don't know when you're going to get it. If you do pickup, because mm. essentially they're all at my house. So, <laughs> um, uh, we can even plan we're talking about doing stuff like, uh, maybe even just picking up off my porch or something like that, like mm -hmm. having them, you know, contactless delivery from my porch. But it, if you want it to be delivered, that's cool. If not, like we can work something out. And, uh, and also I'll, I'll have the scarves and that kind of stuff at the games. So uh, you can always just pick it out out of the trunk of my car, probably. And we can do a contactless thing there. So whatever. Sweet, sweet. And I guess, you know, we really, a lot of people didn't get the opportunity to rock the hooked on a feeling. So if you have that, you can rock that now with the, uh, the thunder, which you said you have behind you. So some eagle eyed viewers might be able to spot it. Um, but uh, looking forward to getting to that and adding it to the wall. So uh, very cool. Yeah, definitely. Very excited. Back to some level of normalcy, getting our, our stuff back. Well, I guess we got it last year, too, so not really normalcy. Um, speaking of normalcy, uh, we don't have an official schedule yet. We talked about this a little bit last week. We don't have an official schedule yet, but we do have two dates uh, that have come out. First is the Hounds Home Opener will be June 6th versus Austin Bold, which I don't think any of us saw coming. So, Josh, give me your thoughts on Austin Bold. How are you, how are you feeling about the Hounds' first game being against a Western opponent who we haven't seen before? Yeah, I mean they're they're not the best team as far as uh, what they did last year. Their first season, I believe, was last mm -hmm. year. So it, it it was a weird situation with COVID, but they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, just like uh, how we had our group, it was top two teams made the playoffs. They were not in the top two teams. Um, so that makes me feel pretty good about that. But also, I just love the fact that our first game is going to be against a West Coast team, which we have not seen a West Coast team in forever. So that's kind of fun that we get to you know, play a West Coast team again, and that will be at the start of our season. Yeah, for sure. Looks like uh, Kevin has arrived. Kev, how's it going? What's happening? What in this? We're, we're, we're like... <laughs> We're live. You're, you're lacking your scarf wall, so we need to yeah. up your scarf game Holy here crap, a little bit. Guys, <laughs> um, I, think I, no. I think I have one hound scarf. It would have to be a very extreme close-up of me. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That might be uh, too frightening for people. Um, no, we were just talking about how we don't have an official schedule yet, but we do know that the first or the home opener for the hounds is going to be June 6th against Austin Bold. So Josh was just sharing his thoughts on uh, on our first home game being against a Western opponent. How do you feel about that? 
exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think um, how how is it going to work out for um, like seeding for playoffs? I'm guessing like in a lot of other scenarios in a lot of other leagues and sports, like like out of conference match like games matches sometimes don't count as much as in conference or in division. Is that also the case here? Nope, they're going to count just as as much oh, okay. as yeah. It's still the latter. It's still going to be um, how many points you know. Uh, at the end of the day in your group so yeah yeah I, mean, I i imagine it's like the farthest west team to ever come to around that's not true oh like because of cup games or whatever maybe but um it, it's probably up there um, yeah so yeah it's exciting and what like austin bowl they're, they're they're the ones with the really sweet jerseys right yeah they do have some sweet jerseys so um, yeah, there you go yeah. The one other thing that uh, to point out is that Austin Bold this season will be featuring Shauna Coley, who, if that name sounds familiar, it's because in 2016, he won the USL Golden Boot and was the USL MVP with Cincinnati. So uh, my vengeance against Cincinnati <laughs> continues to hold. Uh, I know we'll face them here in the preseason, but uh, seeing Shauna Coley, that'll be a challenge for our, for our defense to uh, see what they could do against them. So yeah, I'm all for against these Western Conference games. Um, it sounds like, uh, according to John Krasinski's sources, we will host another Western Conference team, and we will travel to yet another Western Conference team. So we had talked about we have our games within our division, and then there are four games that we will play outside of our division. It turns out three of those, uh, if the sources are correct, will be against Western Conference teams, and then only one of those will be against an Eastern Conference team. So um, the one other date that we know, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts on those other uh, on those other um, opponents potentially, is that on May fifteenth we will be playing Hartford in Hartford. We will be Hartford's home opener. So we still don't have a clear date as to when we will actually start the season. Whether May fifteenth is our first date, or if we're going to play a game or two before that, but we'll see. Um, I'm trying to think of like scientifically, is there a way that we could play earlier than May 15th and we wouldn't know? And I don't think we would because it would have to be somebody's home opener that we would then be playing them in because it wouldn't be at Highmark. I mean, so it could be someone's second game. So like we would still have to have somebody's first game, right? Unless we have a bye week. Yeah. Week one. Okay. So it's like potential. Hartford would be their first game. Like, so that's their, like, yeah. So it, it would be interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I feel like that's probably pretty close to the start of the season yeah. for everyone. Um, but yeah. So it, it, like, it would have to be someone's second game who are, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I feel pretty confident that Hartford's probably going to be the first game of the season. It's our first game of the season. Yeah. Okay. All right. So May 15th, first game of the season. Um, we said June, we play uh, Austin Bold. So guys, we're we're traveling to one Western Conference opponent, and we have another one coming to us. So, do you have any wishes as to what those teams would be? I will start it off. I would love to go to New Mexico. I think I said this before because they are they are the other black and gold team in the league, and they have a really good fan base. Uh, they ramped up really quickly. So that could be a cool, you know, the battle, the black and golds, East versus West kind of thing. Um, Josh, if we're going to another Western Conference team, who would you like to see us face? Um, Las Vegas, just because it'd be fun. It'd just be a crazy, like, you know, to actually watch a game uh, with uh, that whole atmosphere and the craziness and the llamas and 
maybe they'll do a helicopter thing that the game, you know, all <laughs> sorts of fun stuff could happen. So I just wanted to be part of that. The, the, not even the party, just the insanity that is Las Vegas. Do you, do you think like realistically we would try to travel to Vegas? I mean, it's a, if we're playing a West Coast team or a Western team, who knows who it is? Like, I don't think it doesn't seem like they care about distance if we're playing Austin. Um, so it's could be. Why not? Yeah. Kev, where would you like to go? Who do you want to see us travel to play at the Western Conference? I love the Maddenish call by Josh for, for Vegas. But I mean, I Phoenix, I, like, I want to see us go up against the best out in the West and 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 see what that's like because i we always think we're going to get a taste of it in the finals uh in the last two seasons when we entered the playoffs but uh never got there so yeah i want to see what phoenix phoenix is all about i mean i've seen i've i have i have i have read about them from afar i i don't even i don't watch many phoenix games um so i want to see i want to see what they're all about and then in terms of for teams to come here uh, I think my short list would be I'd like to see San Antonio come here because I would talk to super BGN fan Harry who said he would love to come to Pittsburgh and meet everybody. So I think that would be cool to see San Antonio. I would also like to see Oakland. Uh, Oakland as a new team in the league. Um, seems like they're doing everything right, it feels like. Um, San Diego would be awesome to have Greenspan and Tommy V come back. That was going to be my pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of cool teams. Is there, are there any teams that I didn't mention that you would like to see come here? I mean, Phoenix is the team I would like to see come here just because it will give us home field advantage against Phoenix. So, you know, a little bit of an edge there, but I would still like to be able to see Phoenix. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Steve is saying that uh, he would like to see New Mexico, Phoenix, or San Antonio are the ones that he wants to see. So thanks, Steve, for that. Um, so yeah, a lot to look forward to. Uh, obviously, we don't have a full uh, schedule yet, but that is forthcoming. Uh, you know, we know how the league likes to dangle that out in front of us and, and not really give it to us. So we've got, I guess, a little over a month before the games actually start and people need to start booking travel and stuff. So figure within the next few weeks, at least we're going to have to hear so uh so yeah keep keep an eye out for that we already have steel army members uh booking trips to uh different away games and like stuff like that so it's, whoa, whoa, it's... whoa 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 hold up hold up is this like is there like inside knowledge here no no no, no. i'm talking about like uh the first the first game that's already been announced uh so uh i just forgot who that hartford. hartford we already got people booking for hartford and <laughs> I, I feel like there's something here, Josh. I feel like you're just, you, you slipped a little bit. I'm just going to let it go. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Speaking of being excited, uh, you know, the, the preseason for the Hounds opened today uh, to give you a sense of what games we have coming up. We play Gannon at Highmark Stadium on Thursday, Detroit City FC next Tuesday at home. Neither one of those games is open to the public, but hopefully we'll get some sort of recap um it'd be great if it was broadcast but i don't see that happening um just to give you guys a sense of uh some of the additional players that are apparently on trial with the team that haven't officially made it uh john krasinski um tweeted this out i think it was this morning uh there's a whole litany of players here there's a couple that i found a little bit more interesting than others but to give you a sense i say maybe let's go from back to front so we have um Shane White, who is a center back from Pitt, six foot three. He finished his, col his college career at Pitt, and then he played for Loudon last season. 
So it's nice to see the Pitt-Pittsburgh connection. He wasn't born here. He was born in Akron, but the tie to Pitt is really nice. Six foot three, big body center back. Seems like, you know, what we'd be looking to fill. Uh, Jelani Peters is a center back. He played for TFC two. He's 27 year old, six foot five, Trinidad and Tobago. So, you know, so far we have a six, three and a six, five. Um, and then we also have Jonathan Caparelli, who is a 25 year old, five foot nine left back from Argentina. He played with Chattanooga last season. So we've talked about how it would be great to get a little bit more depth, depth, especially at center back, potentially at that wing back position. So we know from previous years, um, for those who you know didn't follow this last year, Lily likes to bring guys in and we'll see guys rotate through for the rest of the preseason. We might sign one or two of these guys, but probably three or four of these guys will be gone um, you know, come next week. And we'll just keep going until we have a final roster here in a few weeks. So, um, so that, that's it for sort of the defense in terms of the midfields or midfield, midfields, midfield players. Uh, we have Edward, uh, Edward Puga, uh, 22 year old from Cuba who plays central midfield. Not, not a ton there. The one that I thought was really interesting is, uh, Stefan Rockvik, who he's John listed him as a midfielder, but he definitely played forward at Wright state. So if the team is listing him as a midfielder, this could be very interesting. Um, basically, like I said, six foot one. So he's a bigger body. He scored 10 goals in 16 games last year with a scoring percentage of 0.25. So that basically means that for every four shots he took, he scored on one of them. So I was like, that feels like it's a little high. So I actually dug into the numbers and for comparison, Last season, Cameron Lancaster, who was the forward for Louisville, leading goal scorer in the East, he scored 12 goals with a scoring percentage of 0.2, meaning he scored on one out of every five shots he took. And likewise, Alex Dixon, when he played for Hartford last year, he now plays for us, he had six goals with a, with a scoring percentage of 0.24, so slightly less than Rockvik here. So it's very interesting because he is a big body. If you go and you watch his highlight, tapes he comes back to the ball well he isn't afraid to try to take on players and dribble past them this could be a very interesting sneaky player grab him straight out of college um so i i i, I take uh that those numbers with a grain of salt though it's college right it's it not, is co it is yeah. college but like at the same time i mean you know if you score one out of four that's not awful i mean you're scoring off his head scoring off his foot Scoring off of set pieces. Who knows? It's, it's exciting. I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I it's it's so hard though to judge a player too much out of college, like right out of college. Right. With the and also like what division are they in with the college? What like you know that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's also just a smaller sample size as far as mm -hmm. that. Like what is that? Sixteen games? You said. Yep. So it's, it's not a lot to go off of there, but um, I mean, that's but why he's on trial. 10 goals in 16 games is pretty good. Oh, like it's you're really scoring good. more than one every two games. So, yeah. So we'll see. Um, so that's that's a name to keep an eye out for. And then I'm, I'm sure I'm going to talk him up and then we're not going to see him next week. So that's just <laughs> that's just how the preseason works here with with Lily. Uh, the last player that I didn't mention is Rodney Michael. He's a forward out of UCSB. He's five foot eight. Um, you know, could be a depth play. Who knows? Um, but uh, but that's that's who's on trial with us at this point. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, six players. Um, 
Is there anyone in previous seasons that emerged that were trialists that went on to have good seasons for us? Oh man. Now I'm just like shooting from the hip. I, I want to say Danny Griffin was a trialist. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be good at this game. I always forget who was a trialist <laughs> and who was it. Um, I just, cause I feel like we're, we really dig into the weeds with these trialists. We're like, well, he, like he has blonde hair and this other guy had blonde okay. hair and he scored a lot of goals in the USL. <laughs> but here's the deal. It's the first day of the preseason. What else are we going to talk about at this point? I mean, <laughs> we're grasping yeah. at straws here, Kev. We can, we can, we can find something. I don't well, know. I said that and I'm not going to bring anything up. So, <laughs> Spoiler, Danny Vitiello is going to be joining us next week on the show live. There so, we go. Yeah, see, this is, and, and, uh, and we're trying to line up players sort of every week from now until the season starts. So uh, so Danny's going to help kick things off from the back, and maybe we'll try to work our way forward from there. We'll see. It all depends on how the Hounds want to want to run it. But, um, but yeah, so we'll have that to talk about next week. Um, Mark, uh, Mark on Facebook just said that Nico Brett came out of uh, some preseason stuff. So there you go. As a trialist, Thanks, I presume. As a trialist, yeah. 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 So nice. He, I mean, he, he turned out pretty well. I, I <laughs> pretty okay. Pretty okay. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. good. Yeah. Um, and what? We got Nico right out of college? No. I think Nico, cool. okay. Nico played in Portland, didn't he? Or Seattle. I want to say that he, he had a shot in MLS and didn't do very well. I just know I just know the connection to Robert Morris. That's all. I remember when we got him. Yes. He was like, oh, Robert Morris guy. Like, yeah. And. Uh, and I said, yeah, maybe he, I'm thinking I'm emphasizing that too much. Probably he came from Bobby Mel. So, um, so yeah, like we said, we got a game this Thursday that, uh, that we'll be keeping an eye out for stats and seeing who does well. And then we'll also keep an eye out. And as we said, this will rotate, you know, until the season starts, we'll see who, who we keep, who we drop and, uh, and go from there. Um, Guys, anything else about the Hounds preseason? There's one other topic that I feel like a terrible person, and I want to bring it up so you guys can talk me down from it. But anything else about the Hounds that we should talk about at this point? I mean, it's just happening. Today's the first or day of you know the preseason, and uh, they're practicing, and it's it's exciting. All of Hounds posting you know images of uh, the players on the field practicing, and um, little insider stuff was I. I, I we got some information about uh, Bob's already yelled at someone for not uh, tr- uh, doing their warm-ups uh, fast enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> makes me feel all warm yeah. and fuzzy inside. Yeah. So it's 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 actually starting. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think I don't know. It's a it's a kind of um, cheesy point to make, but following up with what Josh said, I mean, look, there there were you know a few clubs that. 2020, you know, was devastating to them. Um, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, that was a serious consideration that we were all talking about is how is this going to financially impact clubs? And just to see, you know, the Hounds, yeah, proceeding as if this is a normal season. Obviously, it won't be at the beginning, but um, to to hope and to think that by the end of it, it will be just like 2019. Um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. I mean, and... and in a world where things are very slowly return, like returning to normal, um, you know, seeing seeing them in preseason, seeing the shots, that's that feels normal and that feels good. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so welcome back, Hounds. 
And like I said, looking forward to talking to Danny next week. So if you have questions for Danny, send them to us. Um, or you could join us live on YouTube uh, and uh, and submit them live. And we'll put them right up on the screen for Danny to ask or for Danny to answer. So uh, make sure that you join us live next week, 6.30 p.m. Monday. Uh, and we'll go from there. Um, guys, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, obviously the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify for the Olympics. And... I don't really care. Like I, like I, I feel like, but, but hold on. Like I break, break this down for me. I thought it was just the under 23s or something. Yes. So the under 23 team is basically the team that tries to qualify for the Olympics and they didn't. So technically there's a number of players who are on like the senior squad that could have played on that team because they're U 23s, but they just didn't. They were, they were playing against, I think Scotland. Um, And so, I just, there was a period where it felt like, you know, if you're a Hounds fan, then you're also a, a U.S. national team fan, and you're also a Premier League fan, and I just, I don't have, like, the, I don't have it in me to care. Like, I started listening to the audiobook that uh, Megan Rapino put together, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Like, I, I want to get, like, a Rapino jersey, but, like, for the guys, I'm like, yeah, like, show me something, like, when you got it, but... It's hard to care as a fan if you don't really know for sure if the team cares or the like even USSF like you know like it doesn't feel like anyone's really doing all that much right now. It, now it is it is a little bit different because it's uh U23 and not, you know, like the World Cup team or there's no Pulisic, there's no Reina, there's no Dest. Yeah. So it it is a little bit weird, but at the same time it's like it's like if it has to start somewhere and you know this seems like the the bare minimum the bar is so low just qualify for the uh, olympics that'd be cool and they they can't <laughs> so it's 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 very disheartening is there kevin you you sort of you've been following i feel like you've followed world soccer as long as if not longer than a lot of us is there something wrong with not actively supporting your national team it, no, whatever you want to do, <laughs> There's, do whatever you want to do. You don't have to follow your national team. And here's the thing. I think I feel unpatriotic. Past- like I feel like, <laughs> like I should be following the national team. And then like my local club is sort of like on par with that. I should be following them both as passionately. You know, I, I, I I'm making vast generalizations here. But yeah, I, I try to. Do, I try to, to have show. my. I try to have my hand in a few different like European <laughs> soccer conversations in a few different countries or whatever, and I try to stay abreast of it. Um, I would say that like that sentiment that you just expressed is relatively a uniquely American thing. I don't really. There, there, there's not a ton of soccer fans in Europe who prioritize the national team over their club team. Uh, it's it's. It's probably it's it's mostly the opposite, and so and that's just a fan perspective. Now, I mean, there's cer- there's certain countries where that's different, of course, and um, but I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, the the national level game has changed drastically in the last decade. I'll say, where ten years ago, the pinnacle of your career was playing for the national team in a major tournament. That's no longer the case. 
um, you know, now the pinnacle, you know, for a lot of Americans, and I would argue for the development of American talent and American soccer in general, I would say it's, it, it's more important. It would, it would help our development more to get players in top European clubs and leagues than it is to get knocked out in knockout stages of, of the Olympics or, or even, or even the world cup, if I'm being honest, because I like. Fund, like this is the last thing I'll say and then I'll shut up. The, fun, <laughs> fundamentally, the the national game and club game is just it's they're they're different. One isn't above the other or not. Just by by a product of how they operate. National teams, you only get to play with each other a few weeks out of the year, a handful of weeks out of the year, and then you go play a major tournament. These club teams are so systematized and so trained and so you know these players they they know the runs that the other play that the teammates are going to make and when you get thrown into a national team you don't know you know and that's why a lot of times you get these drawn out boring games where people just hold the ball for forever because you want to play conservative you don't want to lose the ball and you and so it's it's this different it's a different game altogether and so playing playing you know in a club team that you're playing week in week out and you're playing against other you know highly tuned systems and teams that's a higher level of competition it requires more of the player um than than playing in a national team um i i don't i don't think that's i'm like making a big statement there i think that's pretty well accepted no but i and i agree that when you're looking at product on the field watching a club game is always going to be better than a national game because of exactly what you said sort of time training and and just getting to know the players and all that but why is it so important that we have Americans that are competing at the highest level? And isn't it because then we want to bring them back into the national team system and have a better national team? Is it? I don't know. I mean, like, I think. <laughs> I, like, why do, why do we care you? that Pulisic is playing for Chelsea? Like, why do we care? I, that's a good point. I don't know. Why do you, <laughs> I don't. I don't like Chelsea. Josh, why do you care? No, but I'm like the whole. I, time. I think on okay. Let's put it this way. I, I think I think having having Pulisic playing at Chelsea, having Reyna play at Borussia Dortmund, having Des play at Barcelona, I I honestly think that gives American soccer more street cred than the American national team going to the quarterfinals or the semifinals. I honestly think that. Because I think everyone has an exception that once again, national level football is just so different and just it's it, it kind of becomes a crapshoot up to a certain ceiling and up to a certain level. Um, and yeah, all of them are tournaments. All of them are knockout stages. So you can get situations where Greece win the Euros. You can get situations where, you know, so I, yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I think it, it gives it gives America more street cred. And I think honestly, it grows I don't know. We talk about how like the shifting landscape of fandom in soccer in America. I would I would still comfortably bet a lot of money saying that more American soccer fans are watching European matches than they are MLS or USL matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see to have a growing a next generation of of soccer players who are most likely watching more Premier League Serie A and and Bundesliga games, seeing American players in those le- in those leagues, in those teams, playing at that level, playing in the Champions League, is more inspirational and does more for the game nationally than having a national team that with Clint Dempsey and Lennon Donovan and, and going so far. 
I slightly disagree. Okay, so the reason why you care, should care, I think, is because a healthy national team shows a healthy soccer pyramid in America. It shows that we can develop talent from youth all the way up because if they're, I mean, that's that's who's going to be on the national team is people who go through our system as far as like finding them uh, at their youth, uh, developing them, having them play, like hopefully in USL League Two, League One, Championship, MLS, like they'll go through our system and they'll become better players. And that is... The end product is what you see with the national team. I feel like the national team has those homegrown players there. So if you're seeing the national team look like crap, that's showing that the development we have in this country is crap. And if that's the case, it's really hard as someone who supports lower league soccer, where those players are coming from. It, it doesn't feel like you're seeing the best of that system. If that's the case. So, like, I do think having them play for European clubs or whatever, like the beer clubs, does better for the brand recognition. But if the if the national team's doing crap, that's not good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't that tarnishes the brand recognition. Then at that point, the brand. So I I feel like it's more of a, a kind of barometer of how your soccer pyramid is doing in the state. And if it's not doing good in the States, then you're not going to have a good national team. So, okay. We arguably have, I mean, obviously there were periods where we had other players. We had Donovan Dempsey. Um, uh, I'm blanking now entirely, but players playing in Europe that arguably the time period that they were in there wasn't as easy to follow the European teams. But right now it feels like we have, a decent number of players that are American that are playing in Europe that you can follow. And yet I'm still completely uninterested. So like it's obviously in, in sort of U S soccer federations interest to have people interested. So then the question becomes, how do you get people interested? In I mean, are you uninterested team? though? Because it's just, that time in the in the you know the cycle, the cycle of things where it's like there's no World Cup right now to really look forward to qualifying's kind of at the beginning beginning stages so it's not really like a big deal yet like the hype isn't there yet it's not it hasn't you know crescendoed to like the big fever that is the World Cup and when you don't make you know even the Olympics which is like a little bit of that like just a little taste of that fever it's like well we didn't qualify for that so we don't have that to like ramp up off of as far as the excitement goes. So, like, what is there to be excited about? A friendly against Jamaica? Like, eh, okay, cool, I guess. It's just a friendly. So it's 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 almost the difference between the Olympics and the World Cup is sort of the argument that you're making. Or just the fact that we didn't even qualify for the Olympics. So it's like now there's no there's nothing to be excited about in right. the short term. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, la the last World Cup, the semis were France... Belgium, Croatia, England, and the final was France and Croatia. And Cro like, I've I've read a little bit, but I, I I'm ignorant in the Croatian football league. But it's not it's not strong. Like it's not producing. Like the production of Croatian players stops at the point where the Luka Modric you know, Modric's go to 
go to England and go to Spain um, and and Kovacic and and the like. They, they get scooped up by other European leagues. It's it's not a it's not a tip to the Croatian you know football system doing well. I would argue. Um, so I don't know. I, I, well, I think. I, I mean, you can make the same argument for Pulisic, Reina, that like they didn't come up here. They went to Europe, and that's where they like learned how to play and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think seeing American players playing in the Champions League is arguably at least as important. I would argue more important than having a strong Olympic run or even a, a semi-strong World Cup run. Granted, I just, the, I, the outlier exception is like fine if if the U.S. go on to win the World Cup or even get to a final, that creates ripples and cool. But yeah, yeah I would <laughs> I would make the argument that yes, I think it's it's more important to have. It's more important. Oh, geez, now I don't even know. I was gonna say it's more important for the development <laughs> to have these U.S. players playing in Champions League because of the exposure, because of the story look, you two can go play in Europe at the top level. But that's not going to hook, like, non-soccer fans in a way that, like, oh, crap, like, America's made it to the finals of the World Cup. Like, people who don't know a thing about soccer would immediately rally around that knowing that USA has a chance to, like, you know, bring out your flags and just go crazy. Yeah, but you're, you're saying that what the end goal is trying to essentially create or create new soccer fans in the u.s yes and i think i, I, that, just, I, I think that doing better in the world cup does that because you're you're introducing it to you're you have the potential to introduce it to people who previously weren't interested whereas the people who are interested in the year in the champions league have to know what the champions league is in order to be interested i i would argue that we we, I'm trying to look it up here as I'm talking. I'm not gonna <laughs> um, we, we, uh, we're, we, we often do a disservice to the strength of soccer fandom in the U.S. I think, like, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I wanted, I want to say, like, if you look at just total volume of fandom by nation for soccer, as far as viewing and viewership, U.S. is like eighth in the world i mean and that's when you consider england france spain you know huge huge countries you know brazil argentina where that is their sport and and we're still you know we still have what i think like atlanta by um attendance alone is like the eighth biggest club in the world or something you know like so soccer i think soccer has made it in america it's just i think we we still have this thing where we feel like we need to constantly like fight for the justification of being of soccer being a sport in America. I think we're kind of past that now. We don't need to worry about that. We're never soccer in 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 the next two decades. Soccer is not going to be bigger than the NBA. It's not going to be bigger than football. It's uh, is that is that the goal? Like if you I don't know. In- we we we've, we've talked about this before a bit, but like. So I I don't know. I, like how do you how do you convince like the LeBron James and the Antonio Browns of the world to, you know, be forwards or wingers instead of playing basketball or NFL? I love that I, money. Like it has to be it has to be something that you can aspire towards because you think that's how you make it. That's that's like, you know, top 
of you know being a star being uh, rich like you have to feel like this is something to go for um and that's possible and that's what i'm trying to say with this whole thing with the national team is like you have to be able to see yourself at the top of the you know everything of uh, the sport and uh that's hard for americans to see right now like it's like yeah okay i i might get lucky you know one in a billion chance of a pelusic type situation but it's it's doesn't feel like that likely of a situation and also it's just like we have a sheer scale thing like america's just a big freaking country so like yeah even if like a smaller percentage of people are watching soccer as far as percentage of americans that's still going to be a lot of people <laughs> because we just have a bigger number to work with croatia is like how big it's yeah. And th that's why, like, their soccer pyramid doesn't matter as much also because they're so close to all these other countries where they can just get the talent from Croatia and move them off into other close countries. Yeah. America doesn't have that. Like, we, we have a giant country. Two two really quick points I, I I that you made that I love that I just want to emphasize. I think one on the whole, um, yeah, I think America, our culture with sports, we, we love to idolize being – being or having the best in the world, right? Like, it's it sounds silly to say, but like the NFL is the world championship of football, right? Like the NBA is the world championship of basketball, et cetera, et cetera. So we we have this implicit understanding that we have these best teams in the world playing in our country. We have arguably some of the best athletes with you know LeBron or Serena or what you know. Um, and and you know we have all of this with the women's national team too. I mean you know it's yeah. that, that's that's sitting there in the background. Um, so I, I think that's a good point. And and so when you when you don't have that with the men's uh, national team, then it's so easy to dismiss because we're so used to just like if you're not the best, I don't want to hear it or kind of thing. Like that's what we're interested in. The second part is we, we talk about it a lot. I, I say but like the the country being massive. I, I read a book about. Um, the history of how soccer essentially like just grew and disseminated across the world. And the guy who wrote it, um, what makes the argument that the only reason that soccer is a thing is because of the rail network in England. Like the fact that people were able to get around from town to town easily and just like, you know, play a game over there, play a game over there, like without the, without a national rail system, like he makes the argument that like soccer wouldn't have been a thing in England. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a real, that's a real issue as well. Look, I, I was talking with a buddy of mine at work who grew up in England and um, he is a Manchester United fan. And I we were just talking about like, how did you become a Manchester United fan? And he was like, oh, it was like the second stop off the train. Like literally it was just like, I would sneak out and I would take the train from my parents' house and they wouldn't know I was gone. And it was the second stop off and that's where I would go to games. And like so much of it, he was like, oh yeah, all my buddies were, I forget what other kind of fans because it was actually the first stop off the train. Like it was just, Everybody at school was this kind of fan. I was this fan because I went one stop further. And so, I mean, I think there is something to that. I think, I mean, like the huge rivalry, like Liverpool and, and Manchester, they're 35 miles apart. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> not, you know, like long distance runners can run that in a day. You know, I, like, I drove there's... more than that to get back to Pittsburgh today, like from where yeah. I am. So, and, yeah. and like our big rivalry is like Louisville. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, all right, six hours in a car, maybe yeah. seven, like the pit yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, at least from like the youth level, I think at some point, and I, I think this all comes back to money. And I think 
all of this is somewhat interconnected and at some point i'll like do the crazy psychopath killer thing with the pins on the wall and the strings and whatever but um it all comes back to money and i think a lot of parents it, it seems like almost every kid nowadays is playing soccer but it's always considered to be a hobby like if you're a really good athlete and you play soccer well, you know, maybe you should go be a kicker for the football team, or maybe you should go try to be a wide receiver where you can make some money doing that. And the only way that changes, I think, is Josh, to your point, if there was a better pyramid with more exposure to money in the U.S. that more eyeballs were on, then you could elevate it to that point where it's a serious conversation. But if you have a, if you have a, an athlete that has a skill set that would allow them to choose to either go to the MLS or the NBA, you go where you get paid, you go to the NBA and like, that's just what it is. So all of the money right now is in Europe. And so USSF is trying to figure out how do we bring the money back here and whether that's through national team, which just isn't performing um, or not. I don't know, but to bring yeah, it all I think all, all of that's valid and true for boys slash men. I, it's a right. little different for women, but not even really because there's not a lot of money in women in women's Again, games. Yeah. They're not getting paid as as much as they should be. So, I mean, and that's all. That's an entirely different conversation that warrants you know a lot of time. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think one of you guys made the point. We were sort of one of the first to have a women's game and therefore came out the gate hot and we're like the best team. And so that's why we sort of have the following is because we are the best. And it just feels like the guys are lagging behind and how you catch up. We've been trying to catch up for years. So it's just, I don't know how you do it. But I, th I think the wrap up summary of my opinion on this. Uh, <laughs> I, we haven't, I, I don't know if we've actually answered the question that we started with, I, but go ahead. So I'm going to try to answer it here. So I, I think. If you if if I'm forcing this into a binary outcome uh, of either A or B, where A is U.S. men's national team make it to the last four of a World Cup or an Olympics, or you have a starting eleven um, who all play at top European clubs, you know, top five clubs in Italy, England, France, Germany, Spain. I think in the long run, i.e. 10 years down the road, having players in those top clubs does more. And I know that's a very general term, but I think it does more for the growth of soccer in the U.S. than having a strong men's national team. I am going to, oh man, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with that, but you're, I, we're talking about two different things. I think if the team does really well in the World Cup, what you do is you widen the pool of people who may be interested in pursuing soccer long term. If we're saying that the U.S. men's national team is, you know, a starting 11 of players that play in the Champions League, then I think that you're giving existing players that push to say, I want to try to get to Europe so that I can be a better player. And does that eventually trickle down and result in a better U.S. national team? Maybe. So maybe that's maybe that's the cart before the horse, the horse before the cart, is if you get more players in Champions League, that eventually makes a better U.S. men's national team, which eventually broadens the pool of players. And I think that, the rising that's part time. of my back-of-the-envelope thinking bullcrap yeah. that I'm thinking. Okay. But ultimately, I shouldn't feel bad for not caring at this point, Josh. 
Not right now. I, 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 there's not much to care about right now. You know what okay. I mean? And they're not giving you any reason to care. Um, I think it's okay to be concerned <laughs> about it and to be upset by it, but to actually want to watch it or like dive into it, they have to give us a reason. And right now they're not giving us a reason at all. Uh, so I'd rather watch the Americans play in European league. And I obviously, cause I'm a Riverhound supporter. I would rather just support the local club and enjoy that because that's a lot of fun. And it's a lot far less stressful than uh, trying to figure out, you know, the health of soccer in America and how it's going to survive. It's like, it's, it's going to be okay. And even if it just stays at where it's at right now, I'm happy with it where it's at right now. So who cares? Fair enough. So give us a reason to care us soccer. Cause right now we got the hounds to care about. Um, as a reminder, guys, USL golden glove winner, Danny Vitiello is going to join us live next week. So make sure that you bookmark it, plan on being here at six 30. Uh, this is like, you know, once we start having players on here, this I was thinking this is like bringing back like must see TV. Like we're this is like everybody get together, sit down, watch at the same time, contribute. It's gonna be fun. no one should ever use must see <laughs> with uh, with this podcast. That's very true. That is very very true. Um, but uh, no, it's gonna be a good time. So make sure that you uh, you come and you join us, um, guys. Anything else before we uh, we wrap this one up? Yeah, nothing. I'm just excited. I, I wish, I so wish, like even someone who works for the Hounds, like just turn on your phone, live stream a preseason game onto the Twitter account. I'll watch it. I don't care. <laughs> like I just want to watch something for the Hounds. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Just to hear Lily, even if it's a little bit faded in the background, just shouting, just gives us like, you know, makes your heart Would you do audio beat? only of the game <sighs> if it was just a mic on Lily? I might. I might listen to it in the back. Like, I, I'd be doing other stuff. I'm not going to be, like, sitting there staring at the fireplace, like, sipping a scotch, just listening to yell Lily. But I might be, like, doing stuff listening in the background. There's a whole conversation around, like, can you enjoy soccer on the radio? Um, and, I mean, there's all sorts of theories. Like, baseball is best enjoyed on the radio. Uh, what was it? Um, football is best enjoyed on TV. Basketball, hockey, soccer, all best enjoyed in person. Um, but I've listened to, like, when I haven't been able to get to a computer or a TV, I have listened to uh, Aston Villa games as, like, on a radio feed. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's better than, like, nothing. So, like, if they're not going to give us anything, sure, I'll listen to the <laughs> audio only of a preseason game against Gannon. Uh, I'll, only do it, team. I'll only do it if uh, Matt Geica is announced or just doing a play-by-play uh, on the radio type feel. If it's just a live feed of Lily, I'll probably still listen just because I want to see what Lily's saying. <laughs> but <laughs> Here's the deal, Matt. If you uh, if you need help with making that happen, we can like we'll, you let me know. We'll figure out the tech and you all you got to do is show up and just talk and we'll stream it out to everybody just like we're doing now and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> so let's make that happen. Isn't he already doing something for the Steel Army for that stuff? I mean, he does uh, during regular games. He does like a, mm. when he wasn't at the announcer because of COVID stuff, he was doing a, a, a pre-show and a halftime show and a post-show uh, on the Discord. But uh, hopefully he won't have to do that because he'll be at the games actually announcing them this year. Fingers crossed. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for this one. Make sure you go to mongols.com, click on support the show, become a Patreon follower. We really appreciate it. Um, weekly reminder, Black Lives Matter. 
Thanks again to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to bgn.fm, where we now got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Go check them out at bgn.fm. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Ciao. Whoa. Later. I, that, you just threw me off. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not married to a